0: Welcome back to they talk sex podcast. I'm your host Elle Stanger. This is going to be an extra fun episode because I've been wanting to talk to our guest for years, literally. This is the retired gay stripper episode. I'm talking to Jacqueline Francis, also known as Jack the stripper, also known as Jack the retired stripper. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So you can contact if you don't already follow Jack, it's at Jack the stripper on Instagram and at Jack Francis on Twitter and TikTok. Correct. So I'm looking at two of your, your two books. I have striptastic and I have the beaver show. (laughs) And how long were you stripping?
1: A decade.
0: Okay. What years for context?
1: 2010 to 2020.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I was 2009 to now. So a big chunk of that is the same. And like, wow, where were you working?
1: Anywhere I could. I started in Australia and I danced all over Australia for the first year. And then I moved to the States. I'm from Canada, but I moved to New York and did a lot of dancing in New York. And I danced around the States and then a little bit in Canada
0: You've seen a lot.
1: Uh, Yeah. Everywhere I could. I mean, the whole, what I loved about stripping was that I could always be new. Mm. You could go anywhere and go up and just get hired. And I love being brand new. I love a new experience. I love a new crowd. I love a new environment. And it really just sated all of that need to go out and venture and search and meet people. And and I loved it.
0: Hmm. Wow. You are adventurous. Me, I'm like, I've only worked in Portland. I'm afraid of traveling. I don't even have a passport. <laughs> so really? yeah, this is why it's so great to hear from others. I love feedback from other strippers because they know so much more than me. Absolutely. So what was your hustle like as you reflect now? And we're going to talk about like y- you leaving the industry and what's next for you. But um, what was your like, did you have an approach or a hustle or like a game plan when you entered a new club?
1: Uh, Just talk to everybody was the goal. I'm I'm a talker. That's always been my hustle. I have a gift of the the gab. And my strategy... Mm. Oh God, did I even have a strategy? Just wing it. I was raised to just wing it. So I would just show up and just see what happens, talk to everybody and see who I connected with and just go from there. I learned... honestly, learning Mm -hmm. from other women, other dancers, just watching them work and seeing what they did, what worked, what didn't, and trying on absolutely everybody's hustle to figure out what mine was. Because watching people work, especially the dancers who's been doing it for a long time was always like magic, like watching a magic trick unfold. So I would just watch and I would study and I would try things on and not everything worked. I tried on everybody else's style and... You know, clumsily tried to get my money, and then, you know, after a decade, though, I, I found my own way of doing it.
0: I'm yeah, I'm chuckling because I'm thinking about the times I've tried to mimic something someone else did, and it just felt so unright. Where I'm like, well, yeah. okay, not for me. That yeah. one's not for me. Someone else, but it's
1: part of the growth.
0: Yes, totally. So, like, for people who have never worked as strippers, um, I was just complaining to boyfriend last night that, like, I hate what I find challenging is that so much of the job requires me convincing people to pay me. Um, So I feel like that is a lot of the challenge. Like some people are like, Oh, it's dancing naked. And for me, I'm like, it's talking to strangers. But for you, that was something that you said, you said sated that like gift of gab curiosity. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, because I I felt like, it, people think they're like, oh yeah, people are just paying you money to dance for them. I'm like, you have to convince them to buy it. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's always the most frustrating part because you would sit for like 10, 15 minutes with someone and then you would, cl- you would pitch the dance and they would say yes or no. And, and like, they think that they're only paying you for two and a half minutes of you shaking your tits in their face. But really, you're getting paid for the last 14 minutes where you listen to them talk about their shitty day. So Mm -hmm. and and convincing them that that was worth something was probably the most frustrating part of the job. (laughs) But also, (laughs) that's how you had to learn your own boundaries around time management. Because I remember I would sit and talk to a guy for a really long time. We'd have we'd be having a really great conversation, and then I'd be like, "All right, Mm -hmm. let's go get a dance." And they'd be like, "No, thank you, I'm good." And I was like. Uh, I
0: remember all that bonding.
1: Yeah, I remember lamenting to one of the veteran dancers. I was like, that guy just wasted so much of my time. And she pointed at my chest and she said, You wasted your time. And I was like, Fuck. She's right.
0: Was she Russian? Oh my god She was European. Ah! <laughs>
1: Fuck. Snip
0: yeah. snap. All yeah. right. I, okay. Yeah. Reminds me of my friend. Um she's ukrainian okay so i love that um yeah i love that and what a great way to explain like really what it is it's the entire time you spend with someone that they're giving back Mm -hmm. to you right yeah i i got four dollars for a 40 minute interaction last night and i was like well that was a gamble and i lost (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. okay so it sounds like you're probably pretty good at at the stripping jobs, you you did it for a while. You did it all over the place. You published two books or were there more?
1: There's more because oh I did God. little books too. I did How to Not Be a Dick in a Strip Club. Oh I did Inquisitive Stripper and then The Stripper Stripper Activity book. These are little books, but two major books. And my third, so this is my one, two, I don't even know, <laughs> sixth book wow. coming out, Divorce in Paradise. And yeah, I've been I've been making and self-publishing and doing art, whatever that looks like, for years. Mm -hmm. Stripping was how it started because stripping was like how I backed it all financially.
0: Why did you decide to retire? Um, And you're retiring from stripping because people hear like, oh, I'm retiring. And I think they think from life, like, oh, you made a bunch of money as a stripper. Now you're done working. Like, no, I'm done working as a stripper.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did not want to retire. Really? I was... I was, I was forced into retirement. And you know what? And it's like, what happens when stripping ends? This is what my comedy tour is all about. I tell the whole story. It's a little, it's a little long, but I'll give you the cliff notes. So that you can plan come and see the show. But, um, I, my whore mouth gets me in so much trouble. (laughs) So (laughs) I, um, being Jack the stripper, was not the same as being a stripper in the club. Like the stripper in yeah. the club, she her name was not Jack. She was a different person. Yeah. She was um, really friendly, did not ruffle any feathers. She just showed up unencumbered, peaceful, mm-hmm. did not challenge the status quo, mm-hmm. and just did her job and got her money, was nice to everyone and left. Mm-hmm. And Jack the stripper was very opinionated and talked about unfair labor conditions mm-hmm. and wage theft and why strippers should charge more than $20 a lap dance because a lap dance in new york city has been 20 dollars for 30 years mm-hmm. so i intuit i don't have anything to confirm these suspicions but i got too big i got too mm-hmm. like and, and also like, i got too famous for the strip club in this really weird way because i i also loved you know doing like bad things in the corner with strangers. And then suddenly everyone knew who I was and it kind of lost its appeal because I wasn't anonymous anymore. Uh, I was Jack, the stripper. And the power dynamics totally changed. Like it doesn't feel good when somebody knows more about you than you know about them, especially in a strip club. So it was kind of this sad, anticlimactic phase out of not having time to dance anymore. Cause I had all these other cool things going on, mm-hmm. but I always, I always wanted, I wanted to dance until I was 50. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I always said. I, like, I want to do this forever because it, it sated my need for talking to strangers, for dancing. Mm-hmm. I just need to dance for, for um, traveling, for cash, mm-hmm. for my like sexual creative expression. Like it, it ticked so many boxes for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a perfect job, but as far as surviving under capitalism, it was pretty close.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I wanted to do it forever. And uh, and it wasn't... It's not how it worked out. I was kind of forced out of it. I stopped getting hired.
2: Yeah.
0: I'd
1: go into clubs and they'd be like, get out of here. Really? And so, uh, yeah. So <laughs> And sometimes I said, "Thank you we're not hiring. But I didn't own it either. I tried to still act like I wasn't Jack the Stripper at the club. Mm-hmm. And if I if I had tried to just more like own it, embrace it, maybe it would have gone differently, but I didn't want to. Hmm. I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to be that person. I just wanted to like fly under the radar and like talk to people in the dark and Mm -hmm. carry on with my day.
0: You know, I'm finding a lot of these same problems (laughs) to myself. It's it's a trip. It's definitely like, I think also when people realize that we have been quietly watching and noticing they're afraid because they don't want to be watched and (laughs) noticed. I've had yeah. people say like, please don't tweet about this or like, don't write about this. Or like, are you going to blog about this? Are you going to talk about this? And I'm like, yeah. well, only if you're an asshole or if you give me permission. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it takes a lot yeah. of that. the dynamics totally changed for me too. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. So timing seems to be a thing. And also like, what a strange, interesting power dynamic um, in giving visibility to so much of the industry. Um mm-hmm we it's really like we've leveraged a different position where we're not amongst peers anymore. We're seen as outsiders because we do have privilege and that can be also Mm -hmm. isolating in my experience.
1: Yep. Heavy lies the tiara.
0: Mm, There you go. So what are you pivoting toward now? You were doing comedy. You are a painter, Mm -hmm. writer, storyteller. Yeah. What else?
1: I am back doing comedy. I took two years off to have a pandemic and get divorced. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I'm going back on the road as a comic, which is my favorite thing because it, it, it taps into my need for all the things that stripping gave me, you know, like mm-hmm. traveling, going on stage, speaking mm-hmm. my truth, even though I'm, and I'm still talking to strangers, but now I'm on stage with a microphone mm-hmm. and, uh, everyone's listening and I don't have to listen to anyone.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they still, they still know more about you than you know about them. So now, now you are owning Thank
1: it. Yeah. And I, and I do it. I share it too. So yeah. Like, and I love it. Like it's, I still, I love show business. I will. I I've always just loved to tell a great story. So I'm also going into, I shot my first movie last year.
2: Ooh.
1: Yeah. I wrote, directed, starred in and executive produced my first film Tuesdays with Brian. It's about a guy, Brian played by me who goes into a strip club and does everything wrong. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's my first short film and it's coming out this fall. So I want to make movies.
0: I'm wondering if there's any hope for Brian. We'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah
0: wonderful. Um, I'm really I think the timing could be hopefully great for you as a as a comic, as a comedian. Um, we're getting a lot more visibility. I mean, I don't know. what do you think? Ten years ago, I feel like stripper culture was in such a different place than it is today,
1: yeah, it's totally different. Ten years ago, I was just starting, and I had my secret blog, <laughs> and I didn't really I wasn't really familiar with anybody talking about the industry i was just sort of at work doing the thing and and at the strip club i didn't really have a lot of community of girls talking about um the stuff that I saw strippers talking about on the internet, mm. like, the, just like girls would go in make their money and leave. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine too. No shade. You know, it's a privilege to have the time and the resources to sit and talk and wax poetic and have all these like intellectual conversations. Mm-hmm. About. Yeah. A lot of people just have to make their money and go, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the landscape has changed so much and I feel like, I contributed to it in a way that I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. And I think I keep trying to, I keep trying to not be Jack the stripper anymore because like, I'm not a stripper anymore. So I don't want to be pushing this narrative that is no longer authentic to me. Hmm. But at the same time, it's how I got here and it's, and she lives on in people's hearts in this way (laughs) that I don't don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I'm, Constantly trying to like reconcile these several identities that I have. You know, like I'm trying to change my my Instagram handle to just Jack or Jack Francis mm-hmm. because I'm a, I'm not a stripper anymore. And I'm trying to get more money. And people are horophobic as fuck and don't like to give money to people with the word stripper in their handle. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to just be basic. And I try and I applied to Instagram. I was like, hey, can I change my handle? And Instagram is the platform where I have the most success. And it's also the platform where I get the most heat Same. from like shadow Same. bands and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm finally ready to like go vanilla or whatever we're calling it for you. Like, I don't want to be back a stripper anymore. Can I just be Jack? I apply and Instagram will let me do it. Whoa. So they, they just, they, they ghost you. They don't have to say anything. Right. It's right. this crazy platform. We invest so much in and there's no customer service email or phone or anything. It's free. So, like I'm trying to divest in a platform, but it's still how I get the word out. But like, I'm trying to also go more analog. Like I am more analog. My life is much more analog than it used to be.
0: Mm. But, um, like what does that look like for yeah, you? I,
1: uh, um, writing. I write by hand. Mm. My whole show horse in paradise is written in bathwater with watercolor mm. I painted it
2: well.
1: because it's magic
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and like my nails are too long to type so I just was like you know what maybe I'm just meant to like be more analog and I actually <laughs> I go flyering a lot
2: mm-hmm. I can say,
1: like posting Instagram is something that I do but I also like take stickers mm-hmm. and I print out flyers and I go to places and I stick them up in coffee shops mm-hmm. or I put them in people's windshield wipers like I'm just trying to because it's more fun running around flyering is way more fun than sitting on the shitter and trying to be relevant on the internet
0: (laughs) you are an adventurous person (laughs) yes can so i want to pivot um so much of what you said i absolutely relate to um instagram stripping yeah Um, Something I was always curious about. So are you gay, gay or are you queer gay (laughs) in my, in my ignorant outsider terms? I'm always curious as someone who is attracted to male and cis men, people, masculine, whatever's all the time. um, What's it like having so many clients that is just not in your wheelhouse?
1: Well, I mean, I say gay because I I don't like the word queer. Okay. And I don't like the word lesbian. Ooh. I don't like the word. I don't like any of the words. I hate the word lesbian because it's treated like a noun, and I'm not an object. I'm a person.
0: Interesting. So okay.
1: Yeah, I hate, hate that it's treated like a noun in the English language. Lesbian in French is an adjective, and but in English we say a lesbian, and I'm like fuck you. You don't say a gay. Interesting. You
2: say gay. So ah. I
1: It sounds fun because gay means jovial. (laughs) So I just say gay, but it's really just sort of like a catch-all to just push people away. Because I'm just generally not that interested. Like if I want to fuck you, I'll let you know. (laughs) And like the last couple of people I've fucked have had all sorts of different um gender expressions and bodies or whatever. And who I want to fuck is always changing. And then who I want to kick it with for money is really about the the vibe mm. and that's like and the money yeah and the money <laughs> it's definitely like, so yeah like how I identify sexually I really struggled with like what to call myself because I felt like in the beginning of my my queer journey or whatever we're calling it <laughs> um a lot of I felt like my choice was taken away from me because I'm a survivor mm. and I was like I don't even know what I am or what I like, because I just feel like this is just a trauma response, so like sex
0: sex in general was like an uncomfortable topic, so is that what we're saying
1: what am i what am I saying? I mean, content warning i I dated men and then I was raped, and then I stopped dating men for a really, really, really long time. That
0: makes sense. yeah, that totally makes sense yeah, yeah.
1: so, and I felt like that wasn't my choice. like I was like, is this my choice? Uh... like what part of me? is my choice. And what part of me is who I really am. And, and it, it hurts to just even talk about it, you know, because it's just part of my story.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly. And like, Thank you for sharing your story.
1: Yeah. And like, what I want now is honestly, like, what am I attracted to now? Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to Ken. Ken. Barbie and Ken. Ken is this little doll. I bought a Ken doll <laughs> Um, for my friend's birthday to stick in a cake, but I realized I really like him. I was like, Ken's the perfect man. He buys his dick at the store.
0: Ah, He He, buys his dick. He's got no dick. He's the perfect. So I'm dying to know (laughs) what, what do you got against the word queer? I won't be offended, but I'm dying to know.
2: It's the
1: sound. It's the, the queer. It just sounds like (sighs) condescending. It's just the way it sounds rolling. Yeah.
0: You're silly. You're a silly, silly person.
1: (laughs) yeah i use the i use all the words right but I don't the only one I like the sound of is gay mm. and it's t- it's not exactly accurate, I guess, but I don't care,
0: yeah language can be very limiting,
1: yeah, and it's changing like language is dynamic, and so is my sexuality
0: mm-hmm. so I had some Before this episode, I, you know, I sourced feedback and questions from people. And I don't usually say who the guest is for a couple of reasons. Um, One, quite honestly, is because I'm afraid for my guests potentially getting harassed before they even come on the show. Uh, Because you've had social media stalkers, right? Yeah. I've had social media stalkers. Yeah. So for, I've just started doing this to protect my guests so they don't have to deal with any of the hate that some people have towards me, Mm. but one person figured it out. The listener feedback was, um, the question was, is Jack your guest? Can you please ask if they have advice for coming out as adults? Also, a thirst trap of Jack's is what led me to learn about sex work and why support decriminalization and lots more. So thank you. Isn't that cute?
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that advice for an adult coming out.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Did you have to come
0: out? Do you are you beholden to any adults or other people in your life where you had to come out? out.
1: I came out to my mom. Like it didn't go well at first, but now my mom's super supportive. You know, like just what's my advice? It's all the story. It's all for the story. Everybody's reaction is for the story. Some people are super supportive. Some people aren't, and some people just take time. Some Mm. people just need time. My mom needed time, but my mom's my best ally. My mom's amazing. But in the beginning, I told her I was dating a girl, and she was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Oh my gosh! I I was super bummed, you know. And and then later on, she told me when we were walking down the street going shopping. She says, "You know what, honey? I'd love you." Either way, whether you're a lesbian or a murderer.
0: Oh, my God. That was the same. Sobbed.
1: I sobbed. I was like, my mom is equating being gay with being a murderer. Like, I was a puddle while my mom was trying on leggings at Lululemon. And I was, like, sitting in the boyfriend chair crying. And my mom's like, what? You know, like...
2: Oh, my <laughs> you know, she God.
1: She was trying. And, uh, and, like, coming out is just sort of, like, the beginning Mm-hmm. it's not the end
0: mm-hmm. that's so just see
1: it as an opportunity it's just an opportunity for your story it's just part of your story and like a story is good because there's struggle and conflict so just like I really think of everything in the grand scheme of like what kind of story is this because mm-hmm. that's how I live my life I do it all for the story as a storyteller and so even when something is shitty especially when something is shitty or challenging or heartbreaking like that's that's where that's where the relatability is. People have been there and, and that's where the growth is and that's where you have to really look at stuff and grow and heal and, and that's how you become stronger. So
0: mm-hmm. having a sense of humor.
1: Yes. Yes. Having a sense of humor is mm-hmm.
0: helps us survive.
1: Uh, yes, it really does.
0: Hey, if you have a sensitive vulva, don't be ashamed. So do I. I love using the salve by Momotaro Apotheca. That's M-O-M-O-T-A-R-O apotheca.com. Check out their sister company, Oshihana. Com for some CBD-related products. And I'm not the only one. I asked folks what they thought. Someone says, I love the salve for everything after shaving, after sex, if I feel a little off down there after anal. Someone else says, the salve is a personal favorite. I'm currently pregnant and use it for perennial massage. So that's great to hear. Use code Writer. Hey, that's me on momotaroapotheca.com or oshihana.com. Welcome back to the talk sex podcast. I'm your host Elle Stanger. I started stripping in June of 2009 and we find ourselves here in the apocalypse 2022. Just kidding. We still have electricity and running water. So things aren't too bad, right? Uh, you can find me elle com. You can find me in a Portland strip club near you on Tuesday, Saturday and Sunday nights. Look at my schedule. I'm on Instagram at stripperwriter. And I am talking to formerly the stripper <laughs> at Jack the Stripper on Instagram and at Jack Francis on Twitter and TikTok. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi. Hi. So, what is your book called, Divorced in Paradise?
1: The, divo- the book is called Divorce Illustrated. Ooh. Yeah. It's um, it's a magazine. It's the first and only issue of Divorce Illustrated. It's 140 pages of my art that I made to get me through my divorce. Mm. My art saved my life. It saves my life every day. And these are watercolors, collage, and portraiture from my journey of leaving my marriage and setting out to find something new
0: where did I get divorced in paradise is that from something
1: it's from no I just uh it's from so okay I left my marriage and left my whole life everything and I just went to Mexico because I wanted to just feel hot again (laughs) so I go to Mexico for a month in January. I'm also about to turn 35. I said I just wanted to turn 35 in a bikini <laughs> on the beach painting. So I take myself to Mexico and I start painting again. I hadn't painted in a while. Mm. And I brought my watercolors with me because they travel really well. Mm. And I, I wasn't planning all of this stuff. I just was like, I was like, I'm in paradise. I'm painting. And then I uh I just called the series Divorced in Paradise. Mm. And the more I go on this journey of my life. And, and it was, there's a lot of travel that came after it because I didn't really have, I don't have a fixed address. I haven't had one in six months. So I'm, I'm constantly on the go and paradise I'm discovering is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I just have to
0: notice it. So we have some listener questions specifically for you, Jack. Uh, A lot of this is really interesting and compelling to me too because you and I are the same age. I'm just slightly older than you. I'll be 36 in September this year. And um, I feel like a lot of the timing of the economy and COVID is like trying to push me out. And I don't want to be done, you know. Mm. Um, Mm. But so, but I'm still having the lots of thoughts about like mm, pivoting and what would my advice be to myself? So um, we have some folks asking some similar questions. And let's go into it. So listener question one, this person says, I'm giving myself one year left and then I'm retiring from stripping. Any advice for my last year?
1: Enjoy it.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. Do it. Enjoy it. Hmm. Like, you're, yeah, that's my only advice. Enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I started thinking like, oh, well, maybe you can like meal prep or like track your money. It's like, she's probably already doing that. They're already doing that. They've probably been doing that for years. <laughs> like, um, enjoy it. No,
1: just enjoy it for every moment because it's not forever. Mm. And and really take note of what it is that you love about it and write it down and put it on your wall because what you love about it is something that you really love about yourself that you're going to need to nurture in another way. mm that's yeah. Good one. So just really, yeah, honor yourself and where, how your needs are being met because you're going to still need those needs met elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: still need to be on stage. I still need to get cash. I still need to talk to strangers. I still need to put on cute outfits. Like these are things that I still need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I get them and I make sure I get them because if I don't, my spirit is crushed.
0: Mm-hmm. So that moves very easily into the next question. Two, what were the most re- rewarding parts for you? And you've already kind of talked about that. But like otherwise, specifically, what are like the things you'll miss? Like I think of like the scent of a dressing room, you know, mm. or like the click clacks of heels or, oh. you know, smelling somebody else's drink from across the room. Mm. Um or like that surprise of when someone like tips you like double. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, I think it's like the chatter. I think it's meeting new. It's not so much the clients, but it's meeting the dancers.
2: Mm.
1: You know, meeting strippers everywhere is like it was just the most concentrated place to meet other girls like me or people like me. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, being an artist and being queer, I feel like. Stripping was just such a great intersection of both of those things. Mm -hmm. And I met so many people like that. So just keeping an eye out for people like that in my life now is what I still try to really do. Mm -hmm. Because it was just like fishing with dynamite in the club. I was like, everybody's creative and brilliant and (laughs) ambitious and not afraid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or less (laughs) afraid.
0: We're all afraid. afraid, Yeah, we're all
1: afraid. yeah less afraid but I'm not afraid to go up and talk to somebody and try to get money
0: Mm -hmm. so listener Mm -hmm. question three did you ever see diverse they say such as fat people of color or disabled body types in your industry Uh, no yeah
1: no the industry I have no there's it's it's I don't know that it's changed either I haven't danced in a couple of years now but it's not good
0: Mhm.
1: Especially in New York.
0: Mm. Goddamn. I've n- yeah, like but
1: I said- like, there's different like a lot of like there's a lot of like punk grassroots movements and like uh like pop-up strip clubs where mm-hmm. strippers who are like there's like thick strip for fat strippers and it's amazing. Like there's so many cool things going on, but the clubs Run by the same dudes who've been running clubs forever are not exactly changing their tastes as far as I've seen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: it's uh, it's it, it's shitty. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's tacky. I think it's not interesting. I think it's much more interesting and sexy when there's diversity because that's what turned me on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've said it for years that it's like the people doing the booking or the owners. Like, I, I don't know they're all competing against like an image that is perpetuated by like advertising and society, Mm -hmm. but really people like all bodies. So the diversity people want is not the diversity we tend to see. Mm -hmm. And something you said early when we started recording is that you loved traveling or like stripping. You could travel and just like work anywhere. And I thought to myself, you could work anywhere because you're slender and blonde. Yeah. And you know that.
1: Yep. Oh yeah.
0: Right. And that's not lost on us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, stripping was easier for me because of how I look, for sure.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: My privilege.
0: Yeah. 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 So naming our positionality matters. Um, But I will say that, you know, like even my limited scope of things here in Portland, like there's a trans and non-binary, like all genders night that's very regular to Tuesday at the sister club um, around the corner for me. And it's doing really well and people love it. And I, you know, you didn't see that 10 years ago. So... There's some hope.
2: Incremental change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, listener question four: <laughs> Hustle tips, please. <laughs> you said talk to everybody.
1: Yeah, no, look people in the eye. Ugh, acknowledge them. Can't get out of that. <laughs> yeah, no, really, just like that's it. Look people in the eye and acknowledge them. They'll love you. Mm-hmm. Questions. Mm-hmm. Don't ask about their work, you know, ask about their passion. Cause then they're going to be like, Oh, I don't have time for passion. And you're like, Oh, let's go to VIP. <laughs> it's perfect. Just walk them right into
0: it. Oh my God. So inspiring before I go to shift later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had definitely, um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but have you ever witnessed or heard about like some strippers will get mad at like another stripper doing a lot of sales or like consistently making sales, making money for herself. And people will be like, how do they get so many customers? And it's like, well, that stripper talks to everyone. They talk to everyone. So they deal with more rejection, but they get more clients. You just can't get out of it. You have to interact.
1: Yeah. Everybody (laughs) wants to be seen. Like people go to look but people are also going to be seen
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and they don't want to be judged. Everybody at home and at their work already judges them. They just want to be seen for who they are.
0: Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. I always try to find something nice to say to a client, like at least one thing, you know, like you smell nice or you have a nice touch or you have really soft hair. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are like, Oh, I've never heard that before. Like, huh?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You're paying attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Last question. I'm new to pole dancing, but I'm not a sex worker. How can I root my journey in allyship and like not be problematic towards sex workers? <laughs> Cute.
1: I think just by asking this question is a great start. Mm-hmm. And like always asking that question. Like I was like trying to, I'm always trying to figure out how I can like not be a shitty white colonizer. Mm. And like, I don't always have the answers. But I, but it's in the back of my mind all the time. And I'm just like, I'm always like, am I being shitty right now? (laughs) And just having the mindfulness, I think is a great start of just being aware of it and thinking about it. And it will guide you on your journey with, uh, with more integrity than you might think. (laughs) You will make mistakes also.
0: Yes. We will all make mistakes. I make
1: so many mistakes like all the time. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's part of my cringe journey. (laughs) If you're not cringe, are you even growing?
0: I am cringe, but I am free. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I learn a lot faster (laughs) when I make a lot of mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. something that I would say in terms of allyship, something that people can remember is like, what you do is not what everybody wants to do. And, You know, if you're not okay with something, it doesn't mean someone else isn't okay with something. Um, I mean, I even see like competition and like classism and horophobia, you know, in the club where girls will be like, well, everyone should charge X amount of dollars or no one should be able to charge whatever. And it's like, I'm not in the position to tell anybody what they should charge for their labor. Mm. So I'll see, I don't know, I see people even like policing each other's behavior. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, try not to just don't worry about what other people are doing unless it's hurting someone. Yeah. But Like how people get their money.
1: It, yeah. And yet see, and like, I'm the person out there who's telling everyone to charge more and not everyone appreciates it. Yeah. It's always an experience. Some people are like, thank you. And some people are like, fuck you. And you know what? There's room for all of it.
0: I love these conversations. Um, I definitely where I'm at just to clarify is I agree with the venue having like please do not ask less than this minimum rate. For example, mm-hmm. in one club it was please do not ask less than 25. We suggest mm-hmm. you ask between 30 and 40 because we take $5. So it's yeah. you know in your best interest, but you can. It just doesn't make sense. um And you know people would charge between twenty, forty, you know, fifty, whatever the fuck they wanted to charge. But I like options. We should have options.
2: Yeah,
1: always. There's always like you're always available for more, but you can also do for for less too. Like sliding scale is is more ubiquitous than we think.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Lots of things are transactional. How's your body? How does your body feel like after years in heels?
1: My body's hotter than it's ever been. (laughs) oh my god i look so good right now i love that you asked me that. Good. Uh, my journey with my body honestly it's like my divorce body is so hot like i've always loved i've no i've had a really long complicated journey with my body I was bulimic for eight years like anorexia like all the the whole trifecta body dysmorphia anorexia bulimia from 14 to 22. Mm, same yeah, yeah, right. Like not not inter- very common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I stripping kind of saved my life. That's what I said. Like, oh my god! Yeah, go on. Yeah, it showed me that my body was a resource, and I needed to keep it strong and tuned in order for me to use it and feed it. And um, and being a stripper for so long, like yeah, my hips click and stuff like that. But mm. I like being a dancer is so important to me. I just need to dance. So like now that I'm not a stripper anymore, it's like, I don't wear heels unless I'm being paid. Mm -hmm. I just don't. But my lifestyle has changed a lot. Like I don't drink alcohol anymore. And I actually pay way closer attention to. So I used to diet for, for being skinny. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I used to not eat so that I would be thin. Mm how original. <laughs> and then um just in the last year actually kind of with with covid, I started to really look at my my like my body reacting to things negatively. Like I used to just kind of be like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But um it turns out like I'm allergic to wheat and eggs. Wow. And I never really, I love eggs and I love bread. Like fu- shit I fucking love like coffee. I stopped drinking coffee as well, but because I um I have respiratory problems. I couldn't
2: breathe.
1: Like I was dieting to be skinny, but I should be dieting so that I can fucking breathe. Wow! So I started to adjust my diet so that I could actually breathe. Like I have really bad allergies, like constantly like snot, Mm. sneezing, Mm -hmm. congestion, chapped lips. Like it was horrible. And I would just like, COVID actually made me actually look at it because I realized I couldn't sneeze all the time. I was like, it stresses people out. So I actually had to look at my allergies. Wow. So now I'm just like, uh, I've had a complete, like now I'm kind of monastic with my, with the way I treat my body. Like I, I also started doing, um, I realized like what I loved about stripping was climbing. Mm. And so I still, climb, now I climb mountains and trees, mm. like climbing Very important to me and hiking. Like I hiked the Inca trail last year. That was so cool. And one of the cool things about hiking, one of the things about dancing was that I've never did both sides. Like I always only held onto the pole with my right hand, Mm.
2: you know, like I
1: I alternate, I didn't keep it symmetrical. Mm -hmm. So the correcting that I'm doing now is always doing things symmetrically Mm -hmm. and walking is so good for that Mm -hmm. and hiking so and climbing so it's still so important to me to like be in my body and move my body because like my head is full of shit Mm -hmm. my heart is pure but my head is full of shit (laughs) and if i don't move my body my head takes over Mm -hmm. and it's not good Mm -hmm. so i need like i always say i'm like a border collie like i need to be like run in the yard otherwise i will piss in your shoes. So I need to be super active, mm-hmm. like with yoga, with walking. Like I, I hike all the time, mm-hmm. and just like it's good for me. Like just breathing fresh air, admiring trees, climbing trees. Like mm-hmm. my body is is has always been searching for activities to do. Stripping was just like one of them that I did for ten years, and now it's, and now it's climbing trees and mountains. So
0: inspirational. And My body
1: is like happier. Yeah, and my God, I lift weights now. I'm so buff. It looks so good. I love lifting weights, and I never thought I did, but like I'm obsessed. Oh my
0: gosh. I'm sorry. All I keep yeah. hearing is like, like good for you. And then also when you get back out there dating again or whatever. I don't know if you're doing that, but <laughs> you can feel like sometimes a yeah, a whole different part.
1: I had a good. I had, a, I had an excellent rebound. Yeah good Oh my god, it was so good! I will tell you about it on stage because it's a longer story. Okay, perfect. But like, uh, yeah, it was. It was great. It was so nice. I can't wait to have sex again. But I'm doing that. My whole investment is this show, and like I don't have the bandwidth for anything else right now. Oh yeah, now, but- yeah.
0: It's like what did Lady Gaga say like ten years ago that she didn't have sex because she didn't want to lose creativity through her vagina. <laughs>
1: No, I don't. It's crazy how much when I'm really in flow with my creativity, like I haven't even been masturbating in the last wow. two months because I've been so full cool on in this show. Yeah. And I'm surprising myself. I'm like, girl, just go rub one out. And like, I don't even have it in me. Wow. All your energy like, is I going
0: different places. Yes. Yeah. You said monastic yes, earlier. You're like a monastery yes. monk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For the art, for the creation. It's beautiful. For the art. For the art.
1: And I, I can't. Oh, I'm going to go have a bunch of sex again in like August
0: when the twirls <laughs> Sweaty August sex. Hey, are you going somewhere and you don't want to ruin Airbnb sheets or hotel bedding or one night stands or clients furniture? If you're on your period, if you're a squirter, if you have a healing tattoo, or if you're just trying to be polite... It's more than a sex blanket. Getthelair.com. It's black, it's discreet. You can get 10% off when you use the code L on Getthelair.com. This is great for cam girls, for people traveling, for people dealing with colostomy bags, for people that just don't want to sleep in the wet spot. Getthelair.com. Code L. Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. We are having a great time on the retired gay stripper episode. Uh, if you want to see what I do behind the scenes that I cannot post on Instagram, go to Patreon.com forward slash Strange Bedfellows. There's nipples on there. Uh, <laughs> we are talking to Jacqueline Francis, aka Jack the Stripper, on Instagram known as at jack francis on twitter and tiktok she is an author artist comedian hiker (laughs) now recent hiker uh aficionado Mm -hmm. i just wanted to say that word so we're talking about so many things stripping and end of stripping career and body wellness um I like to talk about safety, sometimes health and safety. And you're on TikTok. I am not, I mean, I am, but I hardly use it. And like, Mm. I just can't, but even before TikTok, you'd see people on Tumblr, you know, back in the day or on Instagram, but like pictures of money or like money on the bed or throwing money. And it's so fun to do that. But like people, you're going to get robbed. Some of you just be like mindful that there's strangers watching you if they know you have cash. don't
1: keep your cash in your house
0: don't keep your cash in your house and or if you have a safe don't let anyone know about it and don't let them know the combo and even a safe can be picked up and carried out um yeah so i when i plan episodes like oh what are we going to talk about i look up relevant news articles sometimes so i literally typed stripper plus news and this was june 3rd of this year there's a daily news dot com ny news dot com brooklyn bandits busted for robberies targeting high end strippers who flaunted cash designer bags cash comma designer bags on social media so the long and the short of it is it's there was a home invasion where one of the strippers um she was not there the first time but her husband and children were zip tied and oh my god guns held to them yeah they, the two robbers, um, it says they got like $79,000 in cash and then $100,000 in high-end handbags in the first heist at one of the strippers' homes in January of yeah. Um, And then the two suspects did a so-called less successful second holdup at the same apartment nine days later. And the children and husband and stripper were home for that one. Nobody got killed. Um, wow. I get that this is clickbait and I get that this is like an outlier for a lot of people. Most people don't have this much cash and like handbags in their home, but mm-hmm. is like, I know people who were jumped after their shift on their door, you know, like after they yeah. drop them off, like when you start making cash yeah. and you're moving around isolated. And especially if you work in the sex industry, you are a target for so many reasons. And I just want to remind people of that.
1: Yeah. Something that I do when I'm ever feeling um stressed out. I just start saying, I'm safe. I'm safe. And I just like walk around saying, I'm safe whenever I need to or from driving. Mm. Um it helps. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You've never had anything terrifying or horrific. I haven't I haven't been attacked over my cash. Um thank goodness.
1: I have been taken from in enough ways. To know that uh it stays with you for a really long time mm-hmm and it's uh it's awful and uh and it's never fair
2: mm-hmm
1: and uh and, yeah, yeah, and it's just part of the fucking journey, man. And it sucks, yeah, but you have yourself, and you are your greatest resource. Mm-hmm. and you can always get money back. it's just fucking money. Like you're so good at getting money. If you're listening to this, you're probably pretty good at getting money. <sighs> so just know that, like sometimes it goes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can you can't and you can fight for it, but you might you might be losing more than the cash. Yeah.
0: So you just got to
2: really be
0: careful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all going to take a collective breath. We are safe. We are safe. We are safe. We are safe. I'm safe. The reminder is don't flaunt. Don't flaunt your cashier goods on social media, perhaps. I'm so paranoid. Like, okay, I went to college for criminology. Like, I don't even keep my curtains right. open because I learned about, like, how people literally will just walk around and look and see what people have in their houses. And usually, if you're burglarized, it's either people you know. Or people that live very, very near to you because they see your patterns and they see, oh, look, there's a big box to a giant brand new TV or whatever in the trash. That means there's a new TV in that house. Like I'm paranoid. I'm like, what clues am I leaving out that say rob me? The less the better. (laughs) I am a paranoid bitch. Uh, But it serves me well. Um, Okay. So speaking of other negative but important stuff, May 26, 2022 Yahoo News says to me strippers can apparently better forecast the market than your finance, bro. Mm-hmm. This is about a tweet that went viral from uh, Botticelli Bimbo was the username on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what a great handle. Yeah, Botticelli Bimbo. Um, She says, so the tweet was the strip club is sadly a leading indicator and I can promise y'all we are in a recession LMAO. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, something I heard when I was selling um, adult toy novelties and DVDs and even VHS um, back in 2004. 5 to 2008-2009 was that the adult industry is recession resistant it is not recession proof. And I feel like that is very much true because some people will still keep going to strip clubs or buying porn or paying for porn or you know paying for escorts but a lot of people if they're making less money that's going to be one of the first things they cut back.
1: Yeah. I mean, people are always going to be lonely and intimacy will never, ever go away out of style.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I started dancing right after the stock market crash in 2009. So I got into the strip club brand new and all the girls around me were like, oh, you should have been here last year. It was so much better. I am always... I'm too, I was, I'm always too late to the party. I like, I was never the top earner. I never, not never. I occasionally had great nights, but I was pretty average. Like I, I, uh, I think it's more like the recession of my own life and the seasons of my own life. And when I make my, my best money and how many people are there is kind of based on like how I'm feeling. But yeah, there is totally like giant economic, you know, Mm -hmm collapse yeah. happening all the time because we don't even know what money is anymore it's just it's just zeros and ones on a screen mm-hmm.
0: yeah don't give up hope entirely like i mean i i also when i started in 2009 people were like oh my god this is the worst it's ever been and i'm thinking well i just made 124 dollars yeah. in a few hours so that's good for me you know it's like better than what i knew um yes but if you're used to making X amount of dollars in your sex industry jobs, and then all of a sudden it's gotten harder and harder every single year since, I mean, fast assessed in 2018 really hurt me like pretty bad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's why, again, people will always be doing sex work because it will still always be the better option for a lot of people or just something that ticks their boxes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I thought this yeah. was funny. What was another quote from this? Um, Okay. In a series of recent posts relating to the original tweet, the user made their case arguing that, quote, sex work has survived through every war, recession, decline of empires. Um, mm-hmm. Referencing, this is later, referencing the 2001 Enron Corporation scandal, they claim strip clubs are where, quote, energy salesmen bring their clients and, quote, recruiters bring prospective finance bros um as strippers quote we always have to be aware of fluctuations in the market and how upper class white men are behaving and spending their money the user continued ask any stripper we have to be aware of how rich people are going to spend their money stripping is betting on how the rich spend their money you're going to tell me that isn't just a stock exchange
1: yeah i learned so much from people at strip clubs i ask like anybody who's a professional in any in any um any industry, if I'm not getting money out of you, I'm getting knowledge. Mm. I ask about advice. Like I'm, I've am i always been pretty, um, into investing my money and how I can make my money best work for me. And I ask all of the clients and I'm, I ask about medical advice. Like if you're not paying me, or even if you are paying me, I'm asking all the questions so that I can get the knowledge so that I can move forward and like make smarter. That's moves. amazing.
0: So tell us about your tour and your plans for smarter moves and moving forward.
1: I'm so excited. So I am, I'm snaking across the U S and Canada this summer. I'm going up the West coast to Vancouver, across Canada, down through Chicago to the South, and then up the East coast and ending in my hometown of Toronto, Ontario, because this whole journey has been about going home. Hmm. I, um, growing up queer, uh, I didn't even realize I was queer or whatever we're calling it gay. I don't know. I just hated where I was from. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why I didn't belong, and this my whole fifteen years since I left, I've just always been searching for where I belong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and you know the answer is on stage
2: hmm. <laughs> and Aww. that's
1: anywhere, so I'm really excited for this summer and um i uh and I'm backing it financially. I'm betting on me i I sold my house and I'm investing in myself. I was thinking about like putting it in the market and I talked to some financial planners and I was like, yeah, okay, I could do this, but I could also do it in six months and throw some money down on this tour. So I'm financing this whole tour and uh, I'm going to make, I said, I'm going to make a million dollars because I want to make my first feature film. I want to make... Gay, Fast and the Furious. I want to make a gay girl car movie. Like, we deserve to have nice things.
0: I didn't expect to hear any of that, but I support you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to make movies and movies are expensive because you have to pay a lot of really talented people mm-hmm. to make your dreams come true. So I'm about getting that money. I'm going to sell the rights or whatever the fuck I have to do. I'm not sure, but show business is where I've always been. I'm just doing it a little bit differently. Like now I want to make movies Mm
2: -hmm. and,
1: uh, I'm so excited. I just, and I'm also just, I want to enjoy my life. Like the whole point, like, I don't know how much time I have on this planet. I don't want to just be working all the time. I want to enjoy it and enjoying it to me means like, I can't enjoy my life unless I make time for it. Like I can't multitask enjoyment. Mm
2: -hmm. I have to
1: make, time for it. So I really just want to have the best summer ever. And I'm bringing different people along with me on the road. A lot of them have a similar work history. And I just want to like spread the good vibes. And I want to anyone who's going through went through a divorce and never got to throw a divorce party. Please join me. Come to the show. Tell your girlfriends get dinner reservations and like celebrate your freedom. Because I feel like, like marriage is this whole industry, right? I'm marketing this divorce like a wedding because <laughs> weddings you can do every, you can have your bridal shower, your bachelorette party. Everybody has to give you a gift. There's this whole industry around weddings. And I'm like, well, why don't we, and 50% of marriages and in divorce. Mm-hmm. So why are we not giving and divorce is where the real transformation happens, right? <laughs> that's the real work. And that's also when you need the most support
2: mm. because marriage,
1: You're doing a union. Divorce, you're going out on your own. It's tough. That's true. So if you're going through that, it's really hard and you need support and you need some levity. So I have it for you. Good. a nice one hour comedy special.
0: I would love to see that. Uh, Everybody pay attention to Jack Francis on Twitter and on TikTok. Do you still, what's your website?
1: Divorceinparadise.com
0: beautiful uh i ask every guest this do you have any sex tips for our audience this is actually a sex podcast sometimes
1: <laughs> my sex tips mm-hmm. when i'm having sex um what are my sex tips oh enthusiasm is all that matters yay yeah
0: there you go yeah and, <laughs> and don't do it unless you feel like doing it i mean also
1: exactly. yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. So when you are ready to be enthusiastic, just go for it.
0: Mm, I love that. Jack, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks
1: so much for having me. It's so nice that we finally got to do this. I've been admiring your work for a really long time.
0: This is very nice to hear. Everybody, go check out Jacqueline Francis, AKA Jack the Retired Stripper, for her upcoming tour. DivorcedInParadise.com. And you can find me lstanger.com. Until next time. We- a lot of you have asked me where i went to school or got training to be a sex educator the answer is icy institute for sex education and enlightenment if you do not need to be Asect certified then try their new program called sweet sexual wellness, education, and enlightenment training. It's about half the price of their regular program. And it's for people who don't need to be licensed by ASECT, but have the interest or want to add fullness to their personal or professional lives or careers. You can do it at your own pace because it's all on demand. You can do it from anywhere in the world. If you have weird hours like me, then maybe you wanna do class at 3 a.m. You can even take one learning path at a time to make it more manageable financially. So go to InstituteForSexuality.com and click on their On Demand Programs where you can check out their other classes too.